So we're wrapping up our theme, Set Apart, Looking Like Jesus While Living in the World. It's been a really great theme. I've really enjoyed it. Our life group has had some really wild conversations around all these passages. And today we're going we're gonna to wrap it all up. And I think it's a, the perfect wrap-up because all of our passages, especially the last one that we're going to read tonight, are an ending that's really a beginning. And so for our graduates as well, it may be the end of this little season that you've had at IUPUI, but it's the beginning of what God's going to do in your guys' lives. And so when I was 10 years old, I was like painfully shy. Like, I, I'm still kind of shy, but I fake it a lot. Anybody else? Uh, you don't have to raise your hand. Uh, I see that hand. Um, but I was so, so shy. And so speaking to people in public was like my least favorite thing to do. And when I was 10 years old, it was a big year for me. I confessed Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I was baptized. And I, I was like feeling fired up. I was like, you know what? It's time for me to make my moment to shine for Jesus. I know what I'm going to do. And I had it strategically planned out because my home church, they had a Sunday morning service. It was, you know, about 100 people. And then a Sunday night, it was like 40, 50 people. So I thought, I'm going to sing on Sunday night. There are not any people. I'm going to build my confidence, and maybe someday I can move on to something else. So I get the courage up. I'm singing in the garden. You know that hymn? I come. Yeah, I'm not going to sing it. So uh, I was singing that song with all my heart, and I made the rookie singer mistake. The rookie singer mistake is I thought I did a really good job. So I'm going to go around, and I'm going to find somebody to ask them how I did so that they can tell me how good I did. And then once they tell me how great I am, they'll be like, oh, yes, confirmation. I was right, you know. And so I, I went up. I found the first person I saw. It was my Uncle Mike. And uh, Uncle Mike, I said, Uncle Mike, you know, 10-year-old Andrew, how did I do? You know, first time being up front, faces completely red. I'm just so nervous. And he, <laughs> he looks at me, and he goes, you're a little flat. And my light that was shining so bright, it was shining so bright, Uncle Mike just went poof. And, and I was like, you know, I, I felt like never singing again. I, I wanted to crawl into some kind of uh, bunker and hide for the rest of my life. I was completely crushed, even though he was correct, let's be honest. Um, letting our light shine that's kind of how it is when we decide to let other people know that we follow Jesus, that he is the Lord of our lives. It is what I like to call a pressure cooker. It's not only are the stakes high, we're talking about eternity, but also I think all of us in this room are terrified of letting the darkness overtake us. And we don't want our light to become so dull that it does nothing but negatively affect others. I mean, that's like my nightmare. That and in uh, 50 years when I'm in the nursing home, CSF not existing. That's my other thing. But, you know, these are things that this is what we worry about, you know. Um, and the encouraging thing for all of us tonight is that when we were preparing this message, Emily uh, made a comment that had Katie and me being like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, you've, you've had people, you're talking about the Lord and getting involved in those conversations in life group and just keep it rolling, you know. And the thing that Emily said was this, that these scriptures that we're studying, these three that we're going to look at, and you already discussed them in your life groups, but what they do is they cause the pressure to be alleviated. So I think we need to lean in tonight and allow God 
to help us relearn what it means to be set apart to shine. And the whole message is just this one sentence, to shine is to show. So let's read the first uh, passage. We have uh, Matthew chapter 5. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. But on a stand, it gives you, sorry, it gives the light to all in the, the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that it may see your good work and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So people, so the first thing is that, that light is who you are. Light is who you are if you're a Jesus follower tonight. People use all kinds of language to describe us to other people. Oh, that's a tall guy. You know, that happens to me all the time. The tall guy. I'm like, great, thanks. Tall guy. Short guy. Medium-sized guy. Whatever. You know, uh, the length of our hair. Oh, the, the guy with the beard. The girl, you know, I, uh, whatever. Uh, <laughs> your major. Uh, your laugh. It's the one with the loud laugh. And I'm like, okay, great. I'm the one with the loud laugh now. Um, what we drive. The one with the broken-down Honda Accord, like me. Uh, where we're from, whether or not we have glasses, what we're wearing, where we hang out, whether or not we play sports, whether we're good at bio, uh, biochemistry or any of those classes. Um, as Christians, we know that these descriptors have nothing to do with who we are. Amen? None of those things. I mean, and that is essentially what the world is trying to do to us. They, they try to take some characteristic, something about us, and that is who we are. And especially when it comes to mistakes, you make one mistake, and that, that just defines who you are. And the Greek word used for light in this passage is not unique. It's not mentioned one time in the New Testament. It's mentioned many times. It's like a really, really common word, which is what many of you think of yourself. Like, I am just another person. I am just another number. But Jesus says, look at what he said. He said, you are the light of the world. He says that you are a city on a hill or a lamp that floods the house with light. And not only that, it kind of bleeds into the discussion we had last month, but collectively all of our lights get like really crazy and get like this really wild looking light when we're all together as one. And so you don't have to ignite this fire Jesus declares that you just have to, what, let your light shine. I love this quote that was in the material that we went through. But disciples cannot be content to remain the world's light in a merely theoretical sense. They must be what they are, letting their light shine for their Father's honor. Now, this isn't something you force. You don't have to force it. Everything else in life seems like a force. Like these, uh, these test exams that you're going to take, they all feel like a force. I've got to force this so I can actually seem like I know what I'm talking about in this. You know, Tori was talking about this morning, these like 20-page papers. That's awful. You know, whatever you're trying to force, that, that you are an expert in whatever field you're trying to study and trying to dominate in these classes. But this isn't something you force, but instead it's a flow. The beams of light start to break out from you, and we move from force to flow. And, and we see this all the time in sports. We, if someone's playing sports out there and they're forcing it, you can just tell. They're forcing shots. They're doing things that they're not really capable of. 
Uh, that's beyond your ability. But when we let it flow, we let the light shine. Uh, we discover that light is who we are. We move from force to flow. So light is who we are, and to shine is to show who we are. And Emily's going to share her story. Hi, everyone. So when I was reflecting on um, our passage that Katie just read um, that says, let your light shine before others so they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven, uh, that really reminds me of my mom um, and a really difficult season that she went through and, and where she showed who she was, she showed light. Um, and in a season where many people might have said she was justified in being bitter um, and angry. Uh, when I was about one year old, my family went through a carbon monoxide poisoning in our home. Um, we had detectors, but it was coming in at very low levels, um, so over a long period of time, and um, that caused us to get really, really sick, and we kept going from doctor to doctor. We just weren't getting the help that we needed, and um, so that was a really challenging time, um, especially for my mom, though. she actually lost 70% of her right hip bone um, because as a result of the, the carbon monoxide poisoning. Um, and then a couple years later, she was actually diagnosed with cancer um, because of it. So she went through a lot, you know, our whole family did, but she went through um, a lot during that time. Um, but, you know, she, she chose joy, she chose light in that. Um, you know, her philosophy was waking up every day, even if she wasn't feeling well, even if, you know, she wasn't feeling happy. Um, she had a choice and she could choose joy and she, she chose to put her family first. Um, and I really witnessed that, um, kind of a, a big example that stands out in my mind, um, was when she had to shave her head and, you know, that's really difficult. And, um, but her thought was, I don't want my kids to be scared by this. I want, you know, she made it almost fun. She, she had us um, there when it happened. Um, and she made kind of a field trip out of it. We went to the Madam Walker Theater because the tie-in with um, the hair, you know, hair care products. And she, she tried to just, you know, not make us scared by it. Um, and, you know, it was really hard. I mean, she had to tell us that she might not be around, you know, when to watch us grow up, so it was, it was really hard for her, but um, she was showing such selflessness through that. Um, and she not only uh, was really selfless with our family, she also just let her light shine um, with other people, so she was a great witness. Um, she would always be willing to tell people, you know, her strength was found in the Lord. Um, and she also used this to be able to help other people who are going through similar um, trials. Uh, so she, instead of complaining and grumbling about it, um, in which, like I said before, a lot of people might have thought that she was justified all that she went through. Um, she really decided to uh, make the choice to choose joy, to choose to use this as an opportunity to um, bring other people closer to Christ. Um, and <laughs> on the other hand, there's me. And I've always just struggled with wanting to blend in. Um, growing up, you know, there was a lot of things that made me stand out, including the health um, struggles, come, some of the repercussions of that um, led to some very unique allergies and chemical sensitivities. And um, so my childhood looked a little bit different than everybody else's and was pretty self-conscious about that. And, you know, just being a Christian too, 
as you know, probably all of us know, you can't really blend in that way. So um, there was just a lot of different areas in my life. I just felt like I stuck out and I just wanted to blend in. Um, and so whereas my mom, you know, she'd be willing to talk to people about, um, you know, how the Lord was strengthening her through this, through these trials. Um, you know, my thought was, if I talk to people about this, you know, they're going to hear about these really weird health trials that we're going through that's going to make me stand out. Um, if I talk about my faith and how the Lord's, you know, got our family through it, um, I'm going to stand out to people who judge me, all of this. Um, and, you know, I just was trying to stifle my light in that way. Um, and when I came to college especially, you know, it was a fresh start, people didn't know me, people didn't know all these um, things about me that made me stick out. Um, and so I thought, finally, okay, I can blend in. Um, but this stifling my light um, and putting my identity in other things besides Christ, um, which kind of came from that, trying to blend in, trying to stifle my light, um, just really left me feeling anxious and empty. Um, and, you know, reflecting on this passion, passage and talking about how we are light, um, it's because I was trying to reject that. That's why I was feeling so empty and anxious about things, is because I was trying to stifle who I was. Um, and, yeah, and during that time, um, I really stopped um, being involved in the church, um, you know, it wasn't attending churches regularly and um, stopped going to life group, um, just was not a good time. Um, but by God's grace, he led me back to him, and I'm so grateful. Um, and CSF was actually a huge factor in that. Uh, Christina Powlin, who's now Piner, uh, if any of you know her, she invited me to her life group, and um, just I was able to find who I was again, uh, which was really powerful. And, you know, as, as I'm growing um, and refinding who I am, I, I actually have recently had a really neat opportunity uh, to show light, to show who I am um, to a younger girl who's newer to her faith, um, and the opportunity to pour into her and to show light, to be light, has been one of the most incredible experiences I've ever had. And so that's just been really encouraging, showing me that I'm on the right track, you know, showing my light, showing who I am in Christ. Um, it's just beyond fulfilling. Um, and so I'm really grateful for that. I'll read your next passage. All right, this is Philippians 2. 12 through 18. 18. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God, without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life, so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain, even as I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. Likewise, you should also be glad and rejoice with me. Man, that is such a good passage. 
Um, so light is who we are, and now light is what we do. And I think this is something I, as in full-time ministry, I have to repeat to myself all the time, and hopefully you do this as well. This, my life is not about what I am doing is not the most important part, but who I am becoming. But who you become is going to affect what you do, right? So you can't, can't really separate. It goes to kind of the James passage we don't have time to talk about tonight. But as we move from forcing to flowing, what, what it will look like, what will it look like when we start to let our light shine? Now that we know who we are, we get the privilege of making different decisions day in and day out. Light is what we do. So the Philippian, this Philippian church was in Macedonia. And if you don't know anything about, read 2 Corinthians chapter 8 to get a glimpse of what this church was really like. They were fantastic. The church in Corinth was with this wealthy church, wealthy people, wealthy area, uh, lots of uh, economy. Uh, Philippi was not like that. Uh, these Christians were very, very poor, and they had, didn't have very much money, but they were extremely generous. And you can see in this letter as he writes that they were in need of fine-tuning their light. So I, I think that you don't need a lot of money to be capable of shining bright in this world, but you do need to have a plan. If you don't have a plan uh, of what God has called you into and your next steps and how you're going to do this and how this is going to work, it's very difficult to make any progress. And God has a plan for you. And in their case, these Philippian Christians... They needed to agree more and argue less. In chapter 1, he calls out these two women that were, were arguing and getting into it. Can you imagine? He call, like names them in the text, uh, so, which is like frightening to me. But I love this quote. Uh, and it says, we are to work out what God in his grace has worked in. Our lives need to start reflecting who we really are. If we say all the time, I am light, I am light, you know, and we never really, it never really expresses itself in our, our day-to-day life and we're not letting it shine and we're not doing anything with this light, uh, we may need to come back to, to ask ourselves the first question, am I the light of the world, which we're going to ask at the end of the tonight. But our, when, when this starts to happen, when we really start to, our lives reflect who we really are, we will shine like light bearers. And the only other place, like it says, we will shine like lights in the world. And it's not, it's interesting, the only other place this Greek word appears for lights appears in Revelation 21.11. If you know anything about Revelation, it's describing the new Jerusalem, heaven as it will be. So we're shining in a way that's going to reflect all the way to the end of time. To give that perspective of why we're doing what we're doing. We don't just do all the things that we do so that we can uh, get service hours or whatever or get, get uh, an award. We do it because this is who we are and we will be doing that now and then for all of eternity. And so when we shine with our obedience, like it says, work out your salvation in fear and trembling, we will look like nothing else in this world. Light is what we do and to shine is to show by what we do and don't do, including complaining and arguing. And I'm complaining and arguing about the Kings losing yesterday, but that doesn't matter. 
but to shine is to show by what we do and don't do. And Katie's story is just so perfect for um, following this passage. Well, hi, everybody. Um, I'm Katie. Um, I just kind of want to start off with, um, it's kind of crazy um, how I shared this exact same story um, four years ago, um, my very first time at a CSF night of worship. Um, Andrew caught me walking one day, and he was like, hey, you want to share? Um, and I that middle picture, I'm pretty sure, was on a something. I sent you something about it. Um, but I do want to kind of talk about those pictures because they're a little important to me. Um, that's my family. Um, that first picture on the first side, the kid in the white shirt, that's my brother. Um, the guy in the blue, that's my dad. Um, the lady in the middle, that's my mom, and then me uh, looking weird. Um, and the girl next to the dog, that's my sister-in-law, and the dog is Apollo. He's cute. Um, but um, my parents are my whole entire world. Um, they're actually over there, so I can't look at them, so I'm going to look over here because I'm going to cry. Um, so when I was in sixth grade, um, my dad was diagnosed with MS. Um, so the true definition what MS is, if nobody knows, it's multiple sclerosis. It's a disease in which the immune system eats away and is, eats away at the protective covering of the nerves. Um, so this results in nerve damage and disrupts the communication between the brain and the body. So with that, it makes it hard for him to walk, hard for him to do daily activities, hard for him to kind of do life. Um, Stop crying, mom. Um, but um, growing up, it was always difficult to watch my dad struggle. Um, but I watched him come to Christ. Um, I watched him take a challenge, and he was either, we were faced with a choice. We were faced, do we take the challenge and go with God? Do we take the challenge and walk away from God. Um, my dad was not very Christian growing up. Um, my mom's always been going to church since I can remember. Um, but I've watched my dad grow into such an amazing person this past few years. Um, he is now a security person at the church. I, my dad goes to church more than I do. Um, me <laughs> um, but I've watched my dad become somebody that I inspire to be um, he is somebody who has taken the challenges that it's hard to face in life and walked with God um, he's the light that shines through the darkness um, I um, have struggled with depression, anxiety, through this whole kind of mess. Um, I'm a little chaotic. Um, <laughs> Mom! <laughs> if you, anybody knows me, um, I'm exactly my mother. Um, she is a hot mess. Um, but... Um, I'm exactly my mom, so she's a hot mess. I'm a hot mess. Um, my dad doesn't like us when we're together. Um, but we have grown into this 
wonderful family. We've worked so hard to get through this darkness. We've worked so hard that he, I'm, I'm graduating college and it's been, I don't know how many years, I can't do math, um, but so long that he's able to walk. Most people with MS are in a wheelchair by now. Um, so it's by the grace of God that he's still able to do his daily activities. He's up, he goes to the gym sometimes. I mean, he just walks around the jack. What, what, stop, was I not supposed to tell people? Uh, 23 years that he's able to do things. Um, but um, I was afraid growing up that I was gonna lose my dad. I was afraid that I was only gonna be me and my mom and I was gonna have to push my dad around in the wheelchair growing up. I was afraid that it was gonna damage his brain so bad that he was gonna pass. Um, I've Googled and Googled and Googled the worst case scenarios um, and I didn't see the light at the end of the tunnel most days, um, but spending time with my dad in the garage, working on cars, and spending time with him is my light. Um, so there was a passage that Andrew kind of talked to me about. It is John 6, um, lines 68 um, to 69. I don't have it pulled up because I am not prepared in my life. Um, but just look it up. Um, it kind of talked about a bunch of things, and it's great. Um, it really, when Andrew told me about it, it's kind of got me through my finals week. Um, so I recommend you reading it. Um, but I feel like the light is kind of what our the Wise family is. Um, I feel like we've pushed with God. Um, if we didn't have God, we don't know where we would be. Amen. Check out this shirt. Normal isn't coming back. Jesus is. How about that for a shirt? Preach. That passage is uh, John 6, and it said, you know, it's when the disciples were Jesus had just taught something that everybody hated, and they left him. <laughs> he wasn't a mega church pastor. Everybody just kept leaving him. But instead, they said, he said, the disciples, are you two going to leave? And, of course, Peter says, where else are we going to go? You alone have the words of life, and I think that's what your family has done. And uh, it's inspiring to me. So let's finish out our scripture. Katie's going to read it for us, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all and that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always into the end of the ages. Okay, so light is who we are, it's what we do, and it's what we share here. So these are the last recorded words of Jesus before he ascended into heaven, and they're significant. What was it that was so important that he needed to share with his disciples before he ascends into heaven? And Alex, he did a fantastic job. If you got access to that link, you should re-look it up, but it's so good. So when Jesus says, go, it's actually better translated as, as you go, as you go. 
Picture yourself as the light wherever you go, and people will hopefully notice that you aren't like the other humans that they've come across. And it doesn't take very long to stand out in this world, in this dark world. I'm telling you what, just shine for a little bit, just share a little bit, and people know. And I think one of the things that I was thinking about is that when this happens, the darkness in people, it, it's inside them and it feels threatened. And pe people react to that differently. But Alex's quote here from the material, I call him M.A. Honeycutt because Alex is his middle name. You can figure out his first name. Jesus assumes that his followers will go out and rub shoulders with the rest of the world. And as they go, their objective is to bring new people into a relationship with Jesus. Now, here's the question. Are you ready to let the world know who you are and why you do what you do? Man, that is risky. And Emily said it so well. We do want to blend in. There's something in us that does not want to stand out. We don't want people thinking we're weird or strange. Um, but we are not like the world. We are the light of the world. Because we're reflecting the light of the world, Jesus himself. And so your voice matters. And I think... Many times we try to shy away from sharing our faith, um, and I know this has happened to me. I shy away from sharing my faith because there's so many people sharing Jesus uh, in a way that I don't think is biblical, and saying things that I know aren't biblical, and yet they're, a, they're supposed to be a Christian. And then I'm like, okay, if I open up my mouth, I'm going to join them in their craziness. And I think we can either go that way, kind of like we were talking about the wise. We can say, you know, this is just too complicated. I'm not going to add my voice to the conversation. But I think this is exactly why we need to add our voices to the conversation. If you did not know, the, the reason that we have the New Testament, the books that we have in our Bible, is because there was a heretic saying that some books were inspired that weren't. So the church stood up and said, these are the ones that are inspired, and those are the ones that are the 27 that are in our New Testament today. You can look it up. So I think I get so discouraged about that sometimes. I don't want to add my voice to the noise. We need your voice. We need you to share. Light is what we share, and to shine is to show as we share. Um, so number one, light is who you are. Who are you? You are the light of the world, freed by the blood of Jesus. That's who you are. You are not a mechanical engineer or a finance major or a machinist. You're none of those things, really. You are the light of the world, freed by the blood of Jesus, the true light of the world. That's who you are. You could get stripped of everything else today or tomorrow, and it would not matter. It really wouldn't as long as you can be the light of the world, freed by the blood of Jesus. That's why if Jesus returns tonight, it's going to be a really good deal for us, because we're, we're ready. Number two, light is what you do. What do you do? You work out your salvation as God works in you. You see that? Philippians 2.12. You work out your salvation as he works in you. That's what you do. And then light is what you are to share. How do you share as you go? He, t he told us. And Alex said in the material is great. The, really, the, the only direct command is to make disciples. And then he's assuming that we're going to baptize and teach them. It's really interesting how that, that language works out in the text. What a cool thing for Jesus to say to us. 
And I said this in my life group, and I'm going to say it now. I, I really wish that I would just not ever do another baptism in CSF. I wish you guys would do all the baptisms. That when you get to the point when you're leading someone to Jesus, that you mean so much to them that they want you to baptize them. And I, I would love that if I didn't do one more baptism the rest of my career. Maybe people that I share the gospel, I get to baptize them. But, but what would it look like if we truly started to answer these three questions on a daily basis with confidence? What would happen if we truly believed we were set apart to shine? I have an old college Bible that I picked up in a, a, a bargain bin. At, uh, they used to have these things called Christian bookstores, RIP Christian bookstores. And uh, I got it for like $5. It's my favorite Bible of all time. And it's like the, the original NLT 1996 that doesn't exist anymore. So this, this verse won't appear in any Bible app. But let, I'm going to invite the worship team to uh, come forward. And I'm going to read this as we head into uh, this last song. Let's stand together too. This is a quote from Jesus from Luke 1136 and Jesus says this if you are filled with light with no dark corners then your whole life will be radiant as though a floodlight is shining on you and I think that's kind of where we have to to end and start tonight is to let Jesus in to where he floodlights on you to such an extent that all the darkness has no chance to survive. It's gone. Every single corner of your life is flooded with light. And this kind of light exposure is startling at first. We've all been there when Jesus shines that floodlight on and we get really, really uncomfortable, kind of like when we wake up in the morning and someone flips the light on prematurely and we're like, ah! You know, it, it's kind of startling like that. But when Jesus starts to do that work in us, we fall to our knees as he expels the darkness and we worship. To shine is to show. So the big question tonight, and I think we, need, we do not need to leave this academic year without asking this question. Are you the light of the world? And what I mean tonight is have you made Jesus the Lord of your life? Have you confessed him as your Lord and Savior? Have you said, you know what? I want to be light in this dark world. I don't want to blend in anymore. I want to go with Jesus, and I want to do things his way. So there's a scripture in Hebrews that says, today is the day of salvation. Tonight is the night of salvation, right? Tonight is the night of salvation. So if you have never confessed Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we did this a few months ago. I want us to do it again. Because it's, it's just so important for us to confess what we believe. And this is just going all the way back to what Peter says. And so say it with me. I believe, if you mean it tonight, I believe, I believe that Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is the Christ. The Son of the living God. And I accept him as my Lord and Savior. Let's be the light of the world. Let's sing this last song.